Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or so many other guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I'm not gonna lie, the tech news has dried up. I ranted about this briefly on an early bird briefing. But the tech news recently has dried up significantly, not just because we're kind of in that lull. We're expecting a lot of releases soon and everyone's running out of stuff to talk about. But also, for whatever reason, all of tech is taking a very oddly obsessed fascination with monkeypox. What? Now, I know why. It is still just odd. It is very odd, to say the least, for pretty much everyone, every single major tech outlet to focus on this very non-tech story, and even worse, not provide any useful bit of information to the story whatsoever. Like, imagine in, in this podcast, of which you come here for tech, gaming, and streaming news, and I tell you, broccoli is green. And then go on and on for a full half hour about how broccoli is green. You want to know how used that'd be? That'd be absolutely not at all. But that is the state of our current tech media. In any case, let's actually get to some real news, such as Indonesia bringing down the hammer on many different tech and gaming companies. In order for now tech and gaming companies to operate in Indonesia, they need to now have a formal registration with what they're calling COMINFO, which is most like an acronym of some kind. But this is basically from the Ministry of Communications and Information Technologies of the Republic of Indonesia. You need to, if you operate within the country of Indonesia, have yourself registered. By the way, this is something they just added at like at the zero hour. And this actually has caused early this week to have a number of services go offline as this went into effect. For example, Steam, Yahoo, Fortnite, and FIFA were all banned. Now, fortunately, Steam and Yahoo are now available. Fortnite and FIFA are still, however, completely banned. In any case, I am now moving my entire operation to Indonesia because now it actually sounds like a very tolerable place because Fortnite and FIFA are completely barred from existing there. So clearly now this must be the gaming utopia we all expected. And even Epic Games and Origin are blocked too. You know, this Indonesia place is just sounding better and better. Uh... In all seriousness, no, this is actually really ridiculous. Someone in chat asked, isn't Indonesia in the US? No. Indonesia, and my geography is actually really bad, but I want to say it's in South America, I think. All right, now, now I actually want to go ahead and Google this. Where is, where is Indonesia? Oh, I'm an idiot. It's Southeast Asia. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, they are in fact a cluster of islands. Let me actually drag it over here. Yeah, they're actually part of the cluster of islands that may, that are between the tail end of the actual mainland Asia and 
the downer land of Australia. Today I learned, and then tomorrow I forget. Because like I said, my skill at geography is absolutely garbage. Someone in chat asked, are we going to go back and re-record? Nah. Nah. That's silly. That's silly in the head. So in the end, we're just going to have to wait and see how this all goes out. But still places like the Electronic Frontier Foundation is still looking at the policy and calling it a, quote, in, inv- calling it, quote, invasive of human rights i don't know what the heck is going on outside but i keep hearing something slam and it is really distracting and i'm going to continue to try and record through it and then perhaps get concerned as to what on earth is going on over there i'll care again if it, if it bangs again it's not being picked up by the mic fortunately but we'll just have to wait and see how it goes outlook has a problem it has a conflict with uber you see uber emails you receipts and of course like all modern tech companies in the world its receipts are immaculate very sleek looking and um like all modern electronics it also causes outlook to completely crash really really i i i you can't make this up there's the real reason to use lyft because Lyft receipts won't crash your work computer. It's such a bizarre problem. Like, what in the receipt could cause this? That is the question I, I have to ask myself. What could cause this? And of course, the next important question is, how can it be exploited? Because if there's something in those receipts that's causing Outlook to crash, that means there is a way to replicate the ability to crash outlook and if this same string of code is in fact in other things made by microsoft you have a serious problem and one that would need to be addressed that's something to keep in mind someone in chat said the problem is that it was programmed by microsoft i mean that's fair someone else in chat says that's a good way to spite your company's finance finance department when they ask for for all the cab bills Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. But apparently Microsoft says they will have a fix next week on August 9th. They'll be going out on its normal patch Tuesday. So all of you who want to go ahead and mess up your company's finance, financial department, uh, you only have it's anywhere between two and uh, 600 work days to go ahead and pull this hilarious prank. Two, if your company is very proactive in taking updates. 600 if they're not. I'm just saying. I know how those IT departments work. Speaking of IT departments, um, Intel is a problem. So Intel, remember, they were, they were having this huge media blitzkrieg. They were going through and trying to push hype for its new intel arc codename alchemist cards and showing off physical working copies of the card all right they're showing this off everywhere letting tech influencers tech outlets reviewers all get their hands on the cards and go into great detail with them like it looks like we were it was imminent that we were going to be seeing intel arc cards out and for the most part the cards looked fine except for 
some things that most likely need to be treated in patches. Yeah, about that. Intel Arc board partners have stopped production due to quality concerns, according to Igor's labs. That's not good. That's not good at all. The other thing also, Igor's lab also was talking about how there are rumblings within Intel that the entire Intel Arc project is on the verge of being scrapped. This is a problem. Because here's the thing. We can't have only AMD be the only x86 CPU architecture out there that also can integrate an excellent GPU. We just simply can't. NVIDIA is so high on their own farts that them playing nicely with Intel is looking less and less likely because of the fact that, that NVIDIA doesn't even want to play nice with their own customers. As much as I enjoy Intel getting a pounding from AMD after almost uh, over a decade of Intel's dominance in the x86 market, if x86 is going to have a future and survive the evolution of ARM, they need to make ARC work. They need to. Because otherwise then AMD is just going to completely obliterate Intel even more than they already are. And then just that's going to be it. Eventually, we'll then just have ARC be the way of the future. That, not ARC, ARM be the way of the future. That's it. The end. Now, this is all being facilitated by a number of angles. There's first off, Intel is very new at making discrete GPUs. They had something long, long ago that they tried making their own discrete GPU. It was called Project Larrabee. Eventually, that project ended up dying in a fire and got resurrected to pretty much is going to be... It, it basically, Project Larrabee got resurrected as a product known as Xeon Phi, a coprocessor card that you see in data centers. Someone in chat says, I thought Intel was going to phase out x86 because it's outdated. They're contemplating it. There are some problems x86 has compared to ARM, but here's the thing. Everyone also assumed x86 couldn't, couldn't survive past 10 nanometers. AMD and Intel both are looking at ARM, but if they want to remain top players in both x86 and ARM, they need to prove that both can last. The thing is right now is that x86 is the performance king. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. As much as Apple wants you to believe that our, the ARM future is now, it's not. Apple cannot, no matter how hard they try, outperform the highest end x86 CPU and GPU. They can't. They tried with the Mac Studio. They said it could. It doesn't. It doesn't even come close. Where ARM does excel and most likely will for the foreseeable future unless a huge breakthrough is done is performance per watt. But no, this Intel, this Intel Arc project of high performance graphics is far more important to the company than I think they even realize. Because it's going to be that marriage of uh, CPU and GPU that is going to loosen a lot, that is going to get rid of a lot of bottlenecks down the road. 
and help push a x86 further into the future but right now it's looking like intel arc the alchemist cards that they're not going to get very far in the alphabet for those who don't know um they already said a lot of their code names already first is alchemist then battle mage then i want to say cleric then druid like there's a whole like they basically started naming their stuff after D classes and just started going down the alphabet a lot of the reports right now are saying that my phone rings for no reason that's what a lot of people say a lot of people are saying that this may get canceled before battle mage it's doing so poorly that there are flaws on the hardware level that cannot be patched with drivers that is a big big problem what's made even worse is that there's other very odd decisions when it comes to the intel arc gpu line for example out of nowhere there is a water block that hit the market for one of the intel arc a380 gpus this is a gpu that only takes 75 watts that's it you could cool a 75 watt card with a single slot heatsink and fan you don't need a water block for it now that being said i actually would love to see some uh, water blocks for some lower end cards you know if i'm going to make like a crazy over the top uh, looking streaming rig i'd love to just water cool everything even though it's completely pointless um i'm just saying so there's a lot of uh, things that just don't make a whole lot of sense with the planning between Intel and these board partners. There is also talks that these Intel art cards were getting first priority to system builders before the general public, pretty much the exact opposite of how you actually do it. Like that sort of mentality is what you expect from CPUs. So there's definitely a lot of growing pains. And I really do hope that the ARC team is given a chance to show their stuff before this whole thing is just killed entirely i mean if you're hoping that they're gonna go ahead and just say yeah yeah we'll, we'll totally sink more money into this intel's not one that's going to fall into the sunk cost fallacy like maybe some other companies i mean look at optane it actually had a future and now it's gone never to be seen again yeah someone in chat says why not water cool the 75 watt gpu we were top we were fan tower cooling ssds fair except that you know we actually already have active cooling systems for gpus i want to know how much how much wattage those ssds are actually pulling i actually am curious i'm also curious like what is the heat tolerance because the, the heat tolerance in ssd Performance drops very, very quickly based on the heat compared to a CPU or a GPU where um, it will keep operating at very high temps until it just makes a slight error and then it die. Like you're going to find actual heat failure or shortage before you find the, the an operating problem at high temps. <sighs> As if Intel couldn't get more bad news, though, we do have more the intel sapphire rapids server processors the xeons that are going to replace the 28 cores they have currently are delayed until 2023 
Are you okay, Intel? Intel! Dude! Every time you think that Intel might be starting to claw back and actually putting up a fight so that AMD actually has to try harder, they just flop. And they flop something fierce. But here's, here's the killer part. These Sapphire Rapids processors, they were supposed to launch a year and a half ago. And now they're gone. Now, now they're just postponed even further. Mm. Now, these chips were supposed to go ahead and introduce PCI Express 5.0, DDR5, have an optional HBM2 buffer core counts up to 60 cores, but of course they'd be big little architecture, I presume. So a good chunk of those would be efficiency cores and performance cores. I actually want to see how big little does in a server application. I am really curious how well that will work. Be honest. You're kind of curious too. I know I am, but we're just going to have to wait a little longer. But as Intel is having delay after delay after delay after delay after delay, including with its manufacturing process, like we're supposed to be seeing Intel 7 or 5 soon. That's not good. Like we're supposed to be seeing Intel actually get down to either down to, I want to say five nanometers soon, but TSMC is going to get down to three soon. Three nanometers is what TSMC is going to be able to manufacture at. That is crazy. So that means we're going to be seeing uh, Apple be able to get its silicon down to three nanometers, as well as I assume uh, AMD, and presumably NVIDIA as well. Granted, AMD and NVIDIA already locked in their orders. Their stuff's going to still be on the 5 nanometer process. But up next, their next generation stuff, we'll have to see what kind of power efficiency they can get. NVIDIA especially needs to work on power efficiency since, man, those, uh, those new cards, they are hot, hot boys. It is no joke. The RTX 4080 and 4070's benchmarks accidentally got revealed in addition to a chart showing the power draw of some of these cards, and it is stupid. Like, I want this to sink in for a minute. We have a chart of the expected lineup for the Titan A, RTX 4090 Ti, 4090, 4080, 4070, and 4060. 4060 is going to be a 200 watt card taking 116 pin. RTX 4070 is going to be a 300 watt GPU 116 pin. 4080, 420 watt card 116 pin. 4090, 450 watt card 116 pin. 4090 Ti, 600 watt 116 pin. Titan A, 800 watts taking two. 16 pins dude dude i am using state all well, they were state-of-the-art high-end workstations for their time that have heavily overbuilt power supplies they couldn't run half these cards because they're a maximum output of 1.2 kilowatts w with their you know 
TDP being this high, you're putting that power supply at its at its limits. I mean, think about this for a second. That Titan A and a Threadripper, if this chart is correct, you could not run it on a standard North American outlet. It would trip the breaker every single time you put it under load. Like, let that sink in for a minute. The standard breaker, if you don't know, is in North America, 1500 watts. And this is a limitation of the fact that we only, that our mainstream AC outlet is 120 uh, volts. If you went to 40, you can get higher than that. Could you imagine having to go ahead and hire an electrician to put in what we refer to here in North America as a dryer outlet into your computer room. That is insane. NVIDIA, 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 NVIDIA. This is putting Fermi to shame in the amount of absolute power and heat this is gonna put out. And I wanna stress this heavily. This is all just rumors right now. This is all just a supposed leaked chart of everything available. We don't know if this is true, but considering the fact that we keep hearing this over and over and over again from different sources, man, it is looking um, plausible that this is in fact the case. Supposedly Q4 is when we'll see the 40, 90, 40, 80, and 40, 70. 40, 60, you'll be seeing Q1, 2023. 40, 90 Ti and Titan A are to be determined. So all we can do, wait and see just how much these GPUs will absolutely double as your whole home heating system. Like, could you imagine these, su these suckers pump out enough heat? I might have to consider using air conditioning in the winter. <sighs> just, just, just SMH. That's all you can do. We'll wait and see how this all goes down. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Some reports on Nintendo sales and a Steam Deck competitor coming from an unlikely suspect. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. One thing I realized in my rant about the power consumption of the 40 series cards that are being rumored, we didn't talk about the actual benchmark, like, at all, which was the sole point of the story. The actual benchmark of the RTX 4080 is over 15,000, and the 4070 is about 10,000, which puts these at roughly 30% faster than their predecessors so to which i say good stuff good stuff it's just a shame that it needs its own circuit breaker in order to operate at the rate things are going uh, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do in other news the nintendo switch sales have dropped oh but what could have caused the nintendo switch sales to drop what could be the concerning element the elephant in the room that has caused the sales of the Nintendo Switch to plummet. Do you know? 
Do you want to know what is causing this failure? Well, it's very simple. They're just using a... They're, they're just running out of chips to throw in them. They just can't make enough switches. There's not really like a shortage shortage per se, like there is with the Xbox One and the PS5, but they just can't make enough to meet demand. And there are and there are some stores that are running out and people are just like, oh, I'll just wait, which then causes the sale numbers to go down. Someone in chat sa says, screw you, Eagle. I need a PS5. Dude, you want to talk about who needs a PS5? I actually want to rant about this for a minute. Because there's that, right, like, this is actually completely off topic. All right. This actually has everything to do with the with my stream. There are right now two games I'm having a serious problem with in my stream schedule. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and Strangers of Paradise. Just Stranger of Paradise. I'm sorry. Stranger of Paradise I have for the PS4. I have a problem with it just because, first off, I didn't know it was a Soulsborne game. So I went in expecting an action RPG, greeted with a Soulsborne, and uh, did not treat it with the, um, with, the res with the difficulty respect you'd give to a Soulsborne. So I had a bad experience with that. But also, the graphical fidelity on the PS4 version is utter garbage. This was clearly a case of... Uh, they tried to just they just tried to export a version that had like a low graphic version just cranked out at the very 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 last minute and it looks like trash on the PS4. It is not even funny just how bad it looks on the PS4. So part of me wants to like put that on hold until I can get my hands on a PS5, which by the way, good luck. It's just not available at all. The other one, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, you know, that one, I thought I just sucked at the game until I started realizing something. First off, A, it actually didn't explain all the controls. There, there are actually a few controls that it didn't explain, and it's mostly about your defensive abilities. That would have been nice to know. The other thing is the PC version, I don't know why, but it doesn't give full compatibility with any of the controllers I have. On the Xbox controller, you can't jiggle the, fit, the stick fast enough to get away from most attacks. On the PS4 controller, it will not detect the simultaneous input of two buttons at the same time. On the Steam controller, it has the exact same issue as the Xbox One controller. And on the Switch controller, it just doesn't detect inputs half the time. It just drops inputs. But what's even more maddening is that other people say they have a perfectly normal experience with uh, that particular game on the, on the PC. So I'm left baffled because I can clearly show a reproducible controller issue, but everyone's just like, oh, no, but every single forum out there is just like, nah, man, it's just you. So I am just like driven mad by that. But back to the whole Strangers of Paradise thing on the PS5, do not play Strangers of Paradise on the PS4. Just don't. If you want to get the PS4 version, I would say that's fine. That is totally fine. Seeing as how the PS4 version does have the PS5 upgrade built into it. However, good luck finding a PlayStation 5. I have been on the waiting list for Amazon for a few months. I've gotten nothing. No, no tell or anything that it is available. If I go to Amazon right now, and go PlayStation 5. 
my options are either available by invite, which I'm already in, or, oh wow, it actually looks like uh, Amazon finally cleaned up all the scalpers on their website. It's a Christmas miracle. So I'm still waiting for the invite there. If I go to Best Buy and search up PlayStation 5, we will find that it is, of course, all sold out. Like, you still cannot get a hold of this console. And this has been the primary console for how long now? When did the when did the PS5 launch? It was 2020, right? So we're about to go on this being the primary console for the past two years. And the only people who can get their hands on this are basically the same kind of people that you hear about in the news that won the got the the flipping lottery. That's it. Or people who, who, you know, went ahead and got scalped. For funsies, eBay, PlayStation 5. Ah, excellent. It can be mine now for the low, low price of only $270 extra. Oh no, we have one here. PlayStation 5 for $615.99. Disc version sold from South Korea. That's not weird at all. We apparently have one PS5 here that's apparently at a current bid of $286. I'm not going to lie. I would put a bid on it right now if it weren't for the fact that I just paid rent. Like, I would totally put, put a bid down of MSRP, but I don't have that much on me. It feels bad, man. Anyway, you get my point. The chip shortage, despite the fact that now in the computer space... We're seeing less and less and less of the chip shortage affecting everyone. It is still very, very much still real. We've been talking about how it's been hitting the automotive sector. It is still hitting, you know, manufacturing of of big trucks, both medium duty and semi trucks as well. Across the board, a lot of big production items are still in short supply thanks to the shortage problem thanks to the chip shortage uh it it is a shame it really really is a shame but i do have some good news if you couldn't get your hands on a nintendo switch and if you couldn't get your hands on a steam deck another victim of the chip shortage right there i have good news there is a new contender to the handheld video gaming market space are you ready there is going to be a brand new mobile video game console and it's built by a name that you know logitech is going to be building a handheld gaming console it is quite an amazing device it is going to be referred to as the logitech g gaming handheld and is being partnered with another name you have heard so much that's right logitech is teaming up with tencent to build a cloud-based handheld gaming console what did you expect did you think logitech was gonna actually go ahead and make something that was actually gonna help benefit the world Oh man, have you not been paying attention to how how freaking Logitech treats its customers? Oh, all they do is disappoint. Their keyboards, eh, they're okay. Headsets, 
Eh, they're functional. Headphones? Eh, they work. Webcams? The fact that they are still the basic staple for every single streamer out there is, um, offensive. Mice? They're mice. They don't squeak. They make things that are good enough for them to actually fit the description. So, I mean, making a handheld that would go ahead and play your wonderful AAA games through uh, NVIDIA's cloud streaming service would be about on par. But don't worry, I'm fairly certain that that, uh, Logitech teaming up with Tencent means that only the best, high-qualityest games will be available to run on the bare hardware. Oh, yes. I mean, you could look forward to it running... I'm trying to think of a mobile game that people actually want to hear it run. You know, I would say it'll probably run Genshin Impact, but you know, I kind of, it would not surprise me if it wouldn't run Genshin Impact. It would probably struggle to do that. You might have to run on, rely on cloud services to do that. It'll run Money Rush or some other absolutely hot garbage mobile game that never should have existed. And some other mobile game that's a ripoff of the hot garbage that never should have existed. I swear, Logitech nowadays is... It is run by aliens. I am convinced of this. I'm not saying they're run by aliens, but they are definitely run by aliens of some kind. Because they just continue to just look at the gaming space and then get half the message of what gamers want and then go, I got it! They go ahead and look at, say, like, something normal, like a PS4 controller, and then mad cats it up by adding, like, an additional grip off, like, the side of six extra joysticks and all this other jazz. And the fact they're partnering up with Tencent, of all people, the primary maker of absolute hot garbage predatory nonsense, does not give me any hope that the Logitech, what, what are they calling this, this piece of garbage? The Logitech G gaming handheld is going to be worth more than... Here's what I'll say. If this thing is worth more than 50 bucks, I'm out. It's either... I'm just based on what we know right now, which admittedly is not much. But they better, better show that this thing is capable of more than running NVIDIA Shield software on it and being able to stream games from across the room. Now, I'll be honest. If I had one, I could make a use for it. I can go ahead and grab a server, throw in a frickin' cloud gaming video card into the server, run several virtual machines inside it, and have this same handheld go ahead and play AAA games off that. I, I can go ahead and do that because I'm a lunatic. This may come as a shock to you. The average gamer out there is not a lunatic that has a small 12U data center rack in their dining room. I know, shocking. Who would have thought that the average person doesn't have that? It's why cloud gaming hasn't taken off. The actual internet infrastructure cannot reach the low enough latency to make it happen to any sort of serious degree. And in order to try and host the server yourself, most people don't have the capability to do that, the know-how to do it, or even the drive to do that. I mean, do you want to go ahead and manage 16 hard drives in a 2U ser- 
server and go ahead and make sure all the fans are running quiet enough? No, only an idiot would want to do that. Or someone crazy. <laughs> someone in chat said, there's always the backup plan of a, of a new generation of soldier boy handhelds. <laughs> then consoles could fill up the world. Oh yeah, there we go. But let's go with that. The terrible Chinese knockoff emulator boxes. <laughs> <laughs> that that will poorly emulate pirated games. Excellent. That's what we need. We need a two watt arm chip that can barely run Dolphin. That'll help. Anyway, now that I'm thoroughly depressed, let's talk about how Wi-Fi 7 should be available by 2025 and have speeds that could surpass 5.8 gigabits per second. That is crazy. Most people right now in their wired home infrastructure, your internet speeds internally in your house, if you're using wired ethernet, I am willing to bet are one gigabit. That is what the average person has. People who go ahead and update their stuff pretty frequently, you might be up to 2.5 gigabits. If you're the tech enthusiast or someone crazy, maybe you're up to, you might be on the cutting edge and have 10 gigabit, but most likely you don't. Like, for example, my own place, and I just set up my, my uh, setup here, we're gigabit. Wired internet-wise, we are one gigabit on the LAN. Internet-wise, we're something stupid like 300 down and only 10 up, which that's a rant for another day, like probably two weeks ago. 5.8 gigabits on Wi-Fi. If the latency is there in addition to the speeds, I would say the average home won't be wired at all. At those kind of speeds, assuming that the latency is as good as wired and you have the connection stability that you would with six, dude, the average home might not see ethernet, except for in very niche circumstances. Granted, we're talking about something that's three years away. We'll have to keep an eye as things develop, but I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Couple of routers, com all compatible with Wi-Fi 7, done. Easy peasy. Never have to worry about cables ever again. That means someone like me who can crimp their own Ethernet cables. My talents are now useless. I am worthless to everyone now. That is a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. Oh no. Seriously though very very cool tech and very eager to see how it goes we're gonna take our someone in chat says they haven't crimped one in in like six years here if you want an excuse to crimp cables here's what you do you go out and you get a 12u data center rack <laughs> once you do that guess what you're crimping your own cables someone in chat says forget the latency you want to know the stability and resistance interference that is the other thing too. The stability, of course, we pretty much nailed stability in Wi-Fi 6. Wi-Fi 6 is actually crazy stable. Like here, here's something that's actually shocking. You want something that's shocking? My streaming system, actually no, my streaming system actually is wired in because the, our, because the modem's actually in the same room. My rack, on the other hand, because we couldn't get it into a room with, with the uh, modem, it is actually connected to a Wi-Fi 6 uh, node, and the whole rack is actually technically on Wi-Fi. No problems. 
and that rack streams out video. That that rack has a Plex server in it, and it streams out the video flawless. No hiccups, no buffering, nothing. So stability, as long as you don't have a whole lot of other stuff like causing other other interference and whatnot, rock solid. But I do agree, the speed's good, latency, and resistance interference are going to be big, big things looking at Wi-Fi 7. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, Elon Musk. Oh, that's all I got to say. Elon Musk. Noir talks about Elon Musk is next. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So the lawsuit hasn't moved forward much between Elon Musk and Twitter. And in fact, already outlets like The Verge are looking for any excuse to rip on Elon because The Verge has nothing better to do but uh, just continue to be The Verge and make poor life decisions. But they ran into something very interesting by mistake. That being the source of how Elon Musk came to the conclusion that Twitter has way more bots than they initially said. And in fact, oh, this, this, this gets good. This gets really good. The tool, in fact, that Elon Musk uses is called Botometer. And Botometer is such an amazing tool because it apparently just doesn't really work all that well. In fact, if I go to Botometer and check my own name to see if I am, in fact, a bot on Twitter, it will show that I am, in fact, actually, this time it showed it was, I'm, I was not a bot. Earlier when I tested on the podcast, it said that it's decently possible that I was a bot. Let's, t- let's take a look at some other ones. How, how, uh, how about uh, streamer senpai guy, Mr. Background Guy 02, according to the bot o meter also not likely a bot oh wow they actually fixed this thing between when i started working on it and when i didn't so what, what's another good account we could quickly test um i know let's check elon musk who rates at a 1.1 percent test so clearly botometer has actually worked on this since uh, the story broke out because when the story first went out in fact Bot-O-Meter thought Elon Musk was a 4.5 out of 5 for being a bot. The tool that Elon Musk used, allegedly, to see what the number of bots were on Twitter, thought that Elon himself was a bot. Flippin' brilliant. I gotta say... I, for one, am very impressed. People in chat are now asking me to, t- to test their, uh, their, tw- their Twitter account. So we're going to try this person 
in the chat that I'm not going to say out loud because I don't want to dox anyone. They rate a 1.2 out of 5 for being a bot. Oh, oh there, there's slightly more of a chance for being a bot than, uh, th than Elon Musk is now. We're going to test another one here. This is the podcast now. Me, t me talking and uh, me talking and trying to make small talk while checking people in chat to see if they are in fact a whoa. So that person ranks as a uh, 3.6 out of 5. I did spell it right, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> it does at least admittedly say is not active. Score may be inaccurate. All right, we'll, we'll quickly check uh, Dutch streaming icon, Mr. Steven Signs. 0.8 out of 5 for being a bot. Well, we, we, we could go... <laughs> For the Final Fantasy Fiesta crew, we can now officially report that se that Seven Sins is 400% more likely to be a bot compared to background guy. <laughs> Look at how... If anyone ever tells you that percentages are a great way for measuring things, this is why it's not. Because I can accurately say that Seven Sins is 400% more likely of being a bot than background guy, but they're both below a, a 1 out of 5. <laughs> this is why percentages are not a good metric, by the way. <laughs> yes, that, that is the key. Someone in chat says they are a great way to measure with the correct context. This is true. This is very, this is very, very true. Context is very important. Let's check uh, uh, at the verge. Two out of five. Oh, man. All right, actually, at incorrect Final Fantasy quotes this account actually is a bot oh i typed it in wrong i want to find this one this one now the the incorrect final fantasy quotes twitter handle because th this is an account that i know is a bot so i want to see how not a bot rates them 4.1 out of 5 okay at least then <laughs> at least it does work on an actual bot 4.1 out of 5 for incorrect FF quotes, which, yeah, that would be exactly what I would expect. And this is now the rest of the podcast. We're just going to we're just going to check random corporate Twitter accounts to see how likely they are to be. Whoa. Oh, Final Fantasy 14, 3.9 out of 5 for being a bot. We're just getting tons upon tons of... Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of clips now of the chat of the twitch stream which by the way we we record this podcast live at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon there's just suddenly a lot of clips about um <laughs> uh, as we're like just bot checking random twitter accounts but yeah bottle meter is clearly wor working on fixing their algorithm they use for testing things because the actual report said that Elon Musk as a bot rated a four out of five. So it all just, so at the time of recording, Elon Musk reported as a bot. I am very curious now what it is. Someone asked me to check another Twitter here and they are very excited to have me test this one. Oh, the, oh, the, um, the logistics company, Warren. Woo. 4.2 out of 5. They are the highest most likely bot account yet. Does Swift Trucking have a uh have have a uh Twitter? 
Yeah, they do. Their logo looks different, though. Is this a, is there another Swift trucking? Well, that's not good. Well, if Swift actually has a Twitter account, they're coming up as Go Swift Trucking, but they haven't tweeted since 2014, and they're coming up with a different logo. I don't think that's the same Swift. But in any case, that is the um, Swift Transport is what I want. Okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yep, there's the Swift logo and everything. All right, what does Swift... What does Swift Transport come up as? Well, Swift Transport, 1.8 out of 5 for being a bot. Well, so far, of all the ones I've tested, I come up the most human. That is why you can trust me. For I am only 2% robot, or, or 0.2%. <laughs> Someone in chat is just like, wait, Warren is a bot, but Swift isn't? So what it could be is that Swift's bot just is more human than uh is just more human-like and tricky because you gotta remember this is the same thing that thought not too long ago that elon musk was a robot four out of five i mean that's something to keep in mind in all this what are the stupid ones can i test let's test schneider the other other weird oh four out of five <laughs> oh man is this making for good radio no i think we should move on but yeah, that is our Elon Musk update. That the tool that Elon Musk used to determine how many bots were on Twitter thought that he himself allegedly was a bot. And that is something to keep in mind. Now, the other thing is that the, the bot, as we saw earlier, if it's an account that hasn't been active for a while, um, it tricks the algorithm and makes it think that they're a bot when they aren't. And of course, who knows? I'd say I use a, uh, I'd say, I don't know, I use a bot to go ahead and schedule some of my posts, but, excuse me, I haven't had a chance to implement said tool. Work has kept me away from doing this big overhaul of synchronizing everything on all the platforms. Ugh, stupid real life getting in the way. Uh, it's just things to look forward to. All right, let's shift gears radically. I want to talk about the gaming space for a minute. Square Enix had their earnings report recently and i am just going to tell you this much right now what they show is extremely fascinating what they are showing right now is a big big insight into how a giant like square enix is is looking at development for future games they went ahead and split their earnings into three groups Net sales of HD games. This means your standard, you purchase once, play it, and then that's it games. With some DLC, of course, sprinkled in. You then have net sales of games for smart devices or PC browsers. And then you have net sales for MMOs. So HD games, these would be like Final Fantasy XV, Strangers of Paradise, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. You got the idea. The, the, the st your, your standard games. Your mobile games, these would, of course, be like... Oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake for, for the HD games as well. Mobile games, of course, would be all the ones we want to ignore. Every single cheap... Oh, God. I can't remember, like, half the, the mobile games that Square has. 
Cause like the moment I find out that a game that's being like teased is a mobile game, like my brain shuts off and it's just like, oh, you're dead to me. Ah, excellent. There's like that battle royale clone with like an FF7 skin on it. Um, was that Final Fantasy Seven Opera or Final Fantasy Opera Omnia or whatever the heck it is, the the gotcha pond sort of thing. That was like a a hero collector, like all those sort of things. And then the MMO space. Right now, as far as MMOs go, what does Square have? Obviously, FF14. There's still FF11. There's still a subscription model there. And then Dragon Quest X. That's it. Those three games. DQ11 doesn't have all that many sales, just because DQ11, in their infinite knowledge and infinite wisdom, decided to be Japan only. Despite the fact the Western markets have been begging for more Dragon Quest and more turn-based combat. Well, I mean, DQ10 is not going to be turn-based combat. Despite the fact we've been begging for more DQ content here in the Western world, Japan just insists that DQ11 should be Japan only. I don't know why. FF11... Did I call it DQ11? DQ10 is what I kept meaning. Spare me for mi- for for mi- mixing all these numbers up. T- 10, 11, and 14. DQ10 is Japan only. FF11 is, despite the fact that new content is, like, made for it, FF11 is basically end of life. The MMO world has moved on from that model that FF11 used to be. And for the most part, like, the only people who are still there are the people who still yearn for that style of game. They're basically in the same sort of category as Ragnarok Online diehards that really, really, really want that super grindy, open world, do whatever the heck I want sort of games. Like, those people are always going to turn to Ragnarok Online because they love Ragnarok Online. Not that I would know anything about that. But that's the kind of people who are left in FF11. This basically means that the overwhelming majority of the money made in the MMO space is FF14. And right now, FF14 is basically, you'd never believe it, even a few years ago, but FF14 now is basically the gold standard of MMOs, which is still shocking to a lot of the people who have known FF14 since day one. When FF14 launched, how many of you thought it was going to last a second patch? Like, no one. We saw FF... when you saw FF14 and saw that its max frame rate was 18 on the highest end computers and on the PS3, and you saw how overly complicated everything was, you bailed. You wisely bailed. Nowadays, what's the MMO model? Subscription, cosmetic shops, and most importantly, a steady flow of patches, a steady flow of updates, and making sure that your old content can still be played by anyone at any level as long as it's the base level for the content. It is insane, the comeback story that is FF14. And right now, pretty much FF14, in their latest earnings report, is making, what are we talking here? 11.6 billion yen? You compare that to standalone games at 25.1, that's not that much, but... That's still guaranteed revenue. What is really disappointing to me, though, is the mobile games. The mobile games 
Oh, wait, no, I'm reading this wrong. Am I? No, this year it's 14.1 billion yen. HD games were only 12 billion yen. Mobile games were 27.3 billion yen. This chart is very confusing. They're saying it's year 2023. I don't know if that's projected or... They're listing this very strangely. These are all supposed to be Q1. Oh, is it that the fiscal year has now just started in Japan? Oh, that could be it. So the, so the uh, 2023 Q1 actually is correct. So last year, MMOs made only 11.6. This year, it's 14.1. Now, their HD sales only being 12 billion yen. Name all the single-player games that launched from Square Enix that were memorable. It's literally just this. It's literally just Stranger of Paradise. And that's it. FF16 was delayed. Most of the other games were a huge flop because those studios didn't get the support they needed and were pushed out to push something out. And everything else was delayed. I am not surprised that it's only 12, 12 bill. Not at all. Not in the least. Mobile games, though, making up 27.3 billion yen. <sighs> that actually depresses me. Because the unfortunate thing is that pretty much all mobile gaming, and there's exceptions out there, but almost all of it requires the use of psychological tricks and tactics to urge people to spend more money than they otherwise would. And that is unfortunate. Because they really, really shouldn't. It's basically taking advantage of people to go ahead and spend that money. At least that's how I view it. Now, there's plenty of people out there who do it willingly and have the financial stability to go ahead and drop $100 on loot boxes and and go, wee! But there are a lot of others who don't. And I'm not going to lie. It's something that I pay a lot closer attention to thanks to Diablo Immortal requiring tons upon tons upon tons of money just to be able to play Someone just reminded me of the story that I actually forgot to put into the stack. But the streamer that paid $100,000 on Diablo Immortal to get as high as power as possible and then can't find anyone to matchmake with. Someone in chat uh, tried to say hello and then accidentally got purged because they they put a period and then didn't put a space behind it. So the bot immediately purged it uh, thinking it was a link. Whoops. Uh... Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, speaking of uh, Activision Blizzard and Diablo Immortal, I have uh, some news. Activision Blizzard was reportedly working on a World of Warcraft-themed mobile game. This was a uh, an interesting little development, to say the least. And it's one that, I'm not going to lie, I was a little um, concerned when I heard it. But, you know, maybe something to play World of Warcraft on the go. A mobile version of the client that integrates nice and seamlessly with World of Warcraft. Maybe it could be an evolution on mobile games that's less predatory, less exploitative on people with with uh, vulnerabilities to gambling addictions and other such things. You know, that'd be nice to see in the mobile space. You know, games that are actually not trying to take advantage of people psychologically. You know, like Diablo Immortal. Well, don't worry about it, because that has been canceled. That theoretical game has allegedly been canceled. And you want to know why? You want to know why it has been 
canceled. According to Bloomberg, the project, which has had the internal codename of Neptune, was in development for three years with the Chinese company NetEase, but the development team has been shut down with, quote, creative differences between what the developers had in mind and what Activision Blizzard had in mind. How much do you want to bet the creative differences between Activision Blizzard leadership and this small dev team in China was because the dev team wasn't monetizing the game enough. Like, this might just be me being super cynical, especially after seeing Activision Blizzard basically effectively become a company that doesn't care about anything but money and will just flip off not only their customers, but also their own employees and staff. Maybe it was something else. It could be. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there was something completely different. But considering the track wreck that Bobby Kotick has for trying to say again and again and again and again that games should be monetized more, it would not surprise me in the least that this whole thing was all about seeing the success that Diablo Immortal is at exploiting people and saying that their next mobile game needs to be as predatory, if not more. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But I just don't see, under current leadership, of Activision Blizzard getting better. I feel for the intellectual property that Blizzard has, of StarCraft, of Overwatch, of Warcraft, and all the other ones, that management needs to be eliminated which is why even though i know that microsoft gaining more and more control and condensing the gaming market more and more between just a few superpowers is bad i feel like in the case of activision blizzard they need to be merged with microsoft and microsoft needs to follow through on their threat to take full control of the company once the merger is complete. I think that has to, has to, has to follow through. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Speaking of mergers, though, EA wants to assure everyone that there is no way EA is going to be acquired by everyone, by anyone. The talks of EA wanting to be bought is but a rumor that they have no intention on doing at all. Someone in chat asked, would, would I prefer WoW being on a GameForge launch, being a GameForge launcher game? I wouldn't, only because I've now seen how GameForge treats their games. And I'd say it's, you know what, actually? I don't think anything would change. If GameForge ran WoW, I would think you'd get the exact same quality of updates. I think the um, I think the quality of the game would be exactly the same. I think everything about how WoW is currently would be exactly the same. They would listen to their players exactly the same. Nothing would change. It would be exactly the same. Someone in chat is trying to argue it wouldn't. How would it be worse? What, would you get more repetitive content? What, what would GameForge do differently? You already have 
barely functional raids with repetitive tasks that simulate a whole lot of investment, just like GameForge would. You already have an economy absolutely ruined by the concept of pay to win. But here's the thing with GameForge. GameForge, the way they operate is they don't care about the quality of the game. They care about paying their bills. It's not like I'm completely unfamiliar with how GameForge ru runs their stuff. Terra was run by GameForge until the bitter end. What do we get out of them? Nothing. What do we get as a giant send-off for the game? Nothing. We didn't even get the send-off quest out of GameForge. We literally got nothing. What's Activision Blizzard doing right now as far as saving current game WoW? They're working on the next expansion to milk more money out of it, and they're being very selective on what they show people to try and generate hype. That's it. What are we currently being shown out of World of Warcraft right now? We're being shown flight. Flight! The thing that's been in the game since what, 2007? I know looking at GameForge puts in like the bare minimum effort, but holy cow, right now the Blizzard team, although they're doing a good job of making it seem like they're putting in real effort, it really right now looks like they are not putting in any effort at all. We have a recycled, reskinned model for the Drakthir. We have animations and whatnot that are like slightly updated in currently the alpha. The only way GameForge could do worse than Activision Blizzard is not update at all. That's the only way, which granted GameForge might do. Other than that though, holy cow, it is looking a lot a lot like the world of warcraft team has the exact same management philosophy as GameForge. the bare minimum to make it to give the illusion that updates are happening which again is exactly how GameForge operates it's actually kind of uncanny well actually i, should, I take that back because the thing is, is that to compare GameForge to activision blizzard is unfair it actually is unfair because GameForge is not a developer they're a publisher. The only thing GameForge really controls on all their MMOs is in-game events, trouble tickets, and the cash shop. Activision Blizzard at least makes the updates. GameForge technically doesn't. Whoever made the game does. So actually, I take that back. The, the whole comparison between GameForge and Activision Blizzard, it's not fair. It's not. It's, it's like comparing my car to a semi-truck. They're, they're two completely different animals. They do two totally different things. So I, I, I take that all back. That, that entire conversation was worthless. Someone in chat says my car is an animal. Uh, yes, my, I, my car is a wounded deer. Is, is basically what, what my car is. Anyway, back onto the point. EA not being acquired by anyone. So they say. <laughs> Moving on. Interesting news. YouTube may in fact feature zooming in on videos i'm sorry what yep zooming in on videos what are the details on it i'll tell you more after this break welcome back eagle eyes on tech 
I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so YouTube enabling Zoom. It is the latest experimental feature that YouTube has to offer. The ability to zoom in to videos, which honestly, you know what? Zooming into videos, you know what that would do? It would make for an 8K video on YouTube actually mean something. Let's be honest. Most of you out there right now watching YouTube, you have a... you probably have a 1080p monitor maybe a 1440p monitor none of you are watching youtube in 4k but keep in mind if you zoom in on something you're not actually getting more resolution but here's the caveat to this thing right the ability to zoom in on videos it is only available for youtube premium subscribers yeah it could have been cute for trying to decipher little this and that. I'm not going to lie. That actually would have been really nice. Assuming that it would actually end up being a better quality feature than say, oh, I don't know, the Windows magnifier tool. Which is what someone in the chat said, like, why the heck would you do that? Just go ahead and just use the Windows magnifier. If the, if the YouTube zooming feature would automatically load the higher resolution one and let you zoom in that way. So you're actually zooming in on the actual higher end feed rather than just enlarging all the pixels, which is what the Windows magnifier does, it actually would be a very useful feature for, say, debunking a video you think is super sketch. But it's a YouTube premium feature, so now we don't care. It's pretty much what that boils down to, let's be perfectly honest. But there actually are some features that are very interesting, such as YouTube making it easier for channels to post shorts. Inside the mobile creator app, you can go ahead and take a clip of videos you actually upload on your mobile device, use these shorts tools that are already built into the YouTube studio, make a short of it and just instantly create it all from your phone. No need to use an external device. I'll just tell you this right now. All right, you want, you want to know a secret here? Come in, come here, come in, just, 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 just come here, here, here. You want to know a secret? Anyone who takes YouTube seriously is still going to use a computer for shorts. Shocking. I know. Even my own workflow for making shorts, short, uh, shorts for YouTube, uh, videos for TikTok, and upload the same blasted thing for the Reels system on Instagram, it's all still going to be through an actual video editor. It's just the truth. Even if it is just a simple, oh, we're just going to go quickly crop it into that format there. You still want the flexibility of a actual video editor to go ahead and do like jump cuts between like one section of it and then and another, just in case you want that extra flexibility and also to add captions in whatever form you want. This right here is a good feature for vloggers. This whole thing right here is gonna be good for vlogging YouTube channels. And that's basically where the usefulness of this sort of thing ends. Any other channel, they are more likely to go ahead and throw it all into an actual piece of video editing software. Whether that be Vegas, Adobe, most likely Adobe, because everyone uses Adobe except for me because I'm poor. Actually, it's more I just find it offensive to pay, like, a large sum of money every month 
for software that used to be a couple hundred, a, a few, uh, uh, who am I kidding? It's actually a few to several hundred, period. Now it says what? What is the, what is the uh, Adobe Creative Suite license now? It's something really stupid, isn't it? This is now actually just freaking driving me nuts. All right, what, what is the, the Adobe Creative Suite pricing? They won't tell me on their page. It just says an FAQ. That's how you know you're really in for it. When they won't even tell you how much you're paying for. Ah, here we go. $55 a month. Okay, honestly, I thought it actually was higher than that. That's still ridiculous, though. Considering I paid 300 for Vegas, and I had Vegas for more than six months? Dude. Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry. That's if you paid annually. If you actually want the monthly, it's $82.49. But the... the the 55 a month that's if you that's basically you're under contract and if you cancel early fees apply cool cool i hate it i hate it so much oh my lord yeah as much as i'm not not too enthusiastic about sony vegas i'm I'm still happier i did did it my way over adobe's way ugh just ugh Oh, but if you're a business, it's then $85. How many people can use it then? There's an Adobe app just called XD. Okay, that is actually really... Okay. We're getting way off the rails, but holy cow. What's included? Acrobat Pro, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, Premiere Pro, After Effects, Lightroom, RAR XD. This just, it just looks like a cheesy emoji, emoji, like in the middle of the list of all the soccer you use. Animate, Lightroom Classic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It just, maybe I'm just too much of like an old school chatter, but it, it just stands out like such a sore thumb to me. Holy cow. Ah. Uh. All right, we need to get back on the rails. Twitter will soon allow the ability to, to post images and videos in one single tweet. Revolutionary. Honestly, the fact this hasn't existed in the first place is stunning. Absolutely stunning. I just, I just can't even. Someone in chat said I'm having a hard time finding sympathy for Twitter, Twitter for... It's for t- Twitter, for Elon, when, when, th- when this stuff is a thing. Oh, yeah. No, in, in the case of the war between Twitter and Elon, I, I have been very clear from the get-go. I am just going to have popcorn and sit on the side because Elon's kind of a dingus, and the way Twitter is run, I am surprised they haven't gone bankrupt. It is like two naked people having a battle of wits. Both of them clearly came unarmed for this battle of wits fight. It is, it is sad. You know what else is sad? Google's video chat merger has begun. Has begun. Begin, begun, begun. Begun is the correct term. Which now has resulted in something very, very glorious. We have Google Meet and Google Meet. Google, we need to have a talk. You can't just have multiple apps called Google Meet. This would be as stupid. I I actually have no comparison. Can any of you think of a comparison? Can you think of anything where a company has had multiple pieces of software 
that behave differently called the exact same thing. This is just what the you, you just have no words. You have no words for just how much this makes you want to bury your face into your palm because holy cow, you really went ahead and have two programs, two separate programs named Google Meet. Hey, do you want to meet on Google Meet or Google Meet? It'd be like, imagine if I actually can't think of, I, I just can't, I, I can't, I legitimately cannot think of an equal comparison. I really can't. Someone on chat said this is almost as dumb, dumb as Google killing Google wallet to then bring it back as Google wallet. You notice how every example that we try to think of, of something coming back with a name is with Google. But this is the first time they have something coming back with the same name, but the product that it, that it shares a name with is still active. Like imagine if Meta launched Facebook while Facebook already exists. So you have two Facebooks, but they're not connected. They're just two separate instances of Facebook and one behaves slightly different than the other. Where do you want to meet? Oh, uh, send me a message on Facebook. Which one? They don't talk to each other. All right, here's a comparison. Let's imagine Square Enix launched another MMO and called it Final Fantasy 14 while Final Fantasy 14 is still going on, but it's a new, completely different MMO that shares no similarities with the other one, other than the fact that they're both MMOs. That's what Google done! <laughs> At least World of Warcraft, when they relaunched World of Warcraft, they actually had the sense to call it, you know, WoW Classic. Yeah, they, yeah, the FF14, A Realm Reborn. Oh, wait a minute, they already have that! Not gonna lie though, Square did do that and they called the new one uh, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker as the first iteration of the second FF14. That would be the ultimate in uh, clearly the administration of, of, of Square Enix needs to go. Also the administration of Square Enix still needs to go. <laughs> they need to go. They really, really do. Like holy cow, the, the current leadership needs to go out. All right, shifting gears wildly because I have no good segue for this. Samsung has introduced a new repair mode. This makes it so that the repairman can actually get into the device, test it, but not be able to get access to any of your data or install apps, install anything. They can't install anything. They only have access to the bare basics to do the repair they need. All right, your, 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 your move, Apple. You want to be so pro repair. Let's see you enable a, a very basic repair mode on yours. All right, re real talk. This is, this is neat. This isn't a game changer. Because you want to know how you can, you want to know how you can enable a repair mode? You do this crazy thing called require a fingerprint. Except I actually can't demonstrate it because... My phone is automatically unlocked when it's near my watch. So it's automatically unlocked. Whoops. Oh yeah, no, I, th this is a, this isn't much, but it is, you know, it's something that's helpful. It is something that does benefit the world. 
Unlike our next story, which I have no idea who this benefits. Amazon is planning to, to acquire Roomba for $1.7 billion. Now, of course, I mean, Amazon is a very great, well-respected company that makes only the greatest of AI with machine learning. So them getting acquiring the company that makes robot vacuum cleaners that maps out entire floor plans so that they can vacuum better. I have full faith that Amazon, who makes the best technology and definitely doesn't have an idiot puck that listens to me at all times, would do only good things with the Roomba robot vacuum. They definitely, definitely wouldn't embed an echo into the Roomba vacuum cleaner at all, now would they? No, they they definitely wouldn't. Only good things would happen to this. And of course, everyone knows that ever since Amazon acquired Twitch, only the best software updates went through and Twitch is the pinnacle of software stability of all video streaming platforms out there. So this means that Roomba will also be nothing but absolutely stable. For those of you who have just passed away from a lethal amount of sarcasm, I sincerely apologize. I will send flowers to your grave. <laughs> Why? Why is Amazon acquiring Roomba? What is the point of this? Why? Like, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't heard from Roomba in a while. Like there's like the space of robot vacuums and robot household chore appliances has been actually getting like surprisingly small. Just, I'm, I'm sorry, surprisingly crowded. Like Roomba used to be the one and they just haven't like, advanced it like at all which is honestly kind of a shame because i would have loved to have seen up here up here in wisconsin we would love to see a robot snowblower that would be killer right now a robot lawnmower one that's actually like capable we haven't really seen a whole lot of advances we've seen some prototypes we've seen some concepts at ces we haven't seen anything really advancing in this kind of space. And here's the unfortunate thing. I have seen Amazon coders at work. They're terrible. I have no faith that a Roomba led or an Amazon led Roomba would do very well at all. So come on, Amazon. I know you're listening to me through the idiot puck over there. Prove me wrong. Come on, whoever the heck the CEO is, because I know it's not Jeff Bezos anymore. Prove me wrong. You can't. That's the secret. And of course, we all know the Echo li listens very well. Isn't that right, Echo? I have said Echo like 48 times and it has not triggered once. Echo? Echo? Are you listening? It, fin it, it, it finally triggered that time and now I'm talking over it and now it's driving me nuts but you can't hear it because I wired everything correctly. All right, anyway, I'm taking off my headphones and moving on. All right, China has had an uncontrolled rocket crash down into the Indian Ocean. And everyone's just like, hey, China, can you maybe not do that? Can you maybe not, while testing rockets, just 
have them just crash uncontrollably onto the planet. And China's like, bah, you guys worry too much. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, who here isn't fine with China just having uncontrolled rocket crashes? It's fine. It's fine. Real talk, though. China is not in a good state right now. <laughs> Financially, they are in one heap of trouble. And to be perfectly honest, the fact that they can barely control their space debris is the least of their problems, though they really should stop. I mean, Ch China's space technology is getting nowhere close to being able to capture this amazing photo that was captured by the Webb telescope of the Cartwheel Galaxy. Which, I also just learned, there's a cartwheel galaxy. It got its name because it looks like a cartwheel. And was formed by one galaxy crashing into another galaxy. And I'm not gonna lie. Like, normally these sort of space stories, it is very difficult for you to make interesting. But the concept of a galaxy crashing into another galaxy is partly terrifying. Like, could you imagine what sort of freaking space debris you'd have if our galaxy went ahead and crashed with another milky way i actually can't i i just i can only wonder and maybe it actually wouldn't be that bad maybe nothing would happen someone in chat said that that it was formed by a, by a samsung galaxy's battery going supernova ah yes it all comes back to the samsung galaxy you know we haven't gotten an update on any sort of Samsung Samsung Galaxy batteries going crazy. Actually, all phone batteries ever since the Samsung Note went critical, just everyone everyone just made sure that they it never happens to them. But speaking of news that you haven't heard in forever, a company that you've heard of, I guarantee you've heard of them, has had their first update in four years. Can you guess who it is? What company do you think I would bring up that has been relatively dormant, but after a long, long time, after four years, finally, finally puts out a brand new version of their software? Someone in chat says Blockbuster. It is not Blockbuster. Although, Blockbuster has been tweeting on their Twitter, and I don't know why. I really don't know why. I half expect them to announce NFTs, but they haven't yet. Wikipedia, no. Here's who it is. It is, it used to be a household name among the tech savvy. Winamp. Winamp got its first update in four years. I'm not going to lie. I thought Winamp was bought by someone else. I legitimately thought that like, that like one of the other music players like FUBAR or Microsoft bought them and made Groove or something like that. I thought Winamp was bought and gone long ago. They are still around. They are still alive. And they have cited the reason for the late update. Well, you can guess. It's the reason everything else is late. The pandemic. I mean, fair. Of course, that's why. Why would it be anything else? And finally, I realized I didn't actually didn't have this story in my list. But this is actually very last minute. It's actually an update 
to the VR chat saga. We're going to very quickly cover. So for those who uh, don't know, VR chat has actually been in the news a lot lately because uh, they decided to spite their modding community by adding easy anti-cheat, which is an anti-cheat that basically doesn't work at all. But it does effectively shun out the entire modding community without giving any sort of substitute for applying these mods. VRChat is extremely community-driven. Mods are basically essential to the VRChat experience. Well, inside the VRChat Discord for the... I want to make sure I actually have this correct. The EMM VRC network. This announcement came out and was kind of a bigger spit in the face of pretty much the entire community. Granted, you can see why it is. All right, here is the post from the head admin. This is not an announcement I wanted to write. I'm sorry in advance. Earlier today, VRChat submitted a cease and desist to the creator of the VRC private server project. We estimate this, this was written by a high tier law firm and probably cost about 10K plus. Let me interject. You would be surprised how cheap it is to get a, a cease and desist listed or written out and sent. I seriously doubt it costs 10K plus to send out a cease and desist, but we get back to it. The post continues. VR chat is on a war path against modders, and that's not something that I, the writer of the post, want to mess with. As a result of this, Andrew, the inactivity on the network, we'll be taking the EMM VRC network down in three days. This includes all avatar exports, download servers, avatar searches. It is not safe to host anymore. If you still need your avatar list, avatar list for any reason, please submit an export request to the network support before the fourth of the month which of course by the time recording this it has long since passed after that we will be not able to honor any more expert requests and basically just goes on to talk about how they are planning to move to a different platform entirely my thoughts i don't blame vr chat for wanting to shut down a private server concerning the fact that Basically, all the revenue that VRChat generates is pretty much solely from premium memberships. Their timing on this, on doing this, on shutting down a private server project, is atrocious. This private server project has been in development for years. And to go ahead and shut it down after you went ahead and effectively ended all modding, doubled down on ending all modding, and spat in the face of your entire community, here's what I think. I think that VRChat doesn't care about stopping bad actors. I am convinced at this point that their goal for taking these steps is not about stopping bad actors. They say it is. I don't believe them. I think this is all about trying to set up their own premium closed garden shop for selling additional tools such as some of the features that mods provide such as custom avatars such as custom clothes and all that sort of jazz i think that is the goal i think the goal was pure greed which honestly 
I think was a very stupid move. You want to know why it was a stupid move? You can already see how well it's doing on this platform called Meta. How well is Meta's doing? Their walled garden. Oh yeah. Everyone hates it. It is a wasteland of legless avatars trying to sell NFTs to each other unsuccessfully. But the only reason it's profitable to Meta is because A, they have server space for days. So they're barely already paying any server upkeep to keep this system up. And B, they have the numbers. Even if only 1% of the Facebook user base touches the metaverse, that is still, let's say 1% of the 1% that touch the metaverse still go ahead and buy something. That is still like 50,000 sales. That's the kind of numbers meta deals with. For VR chat to try and emulate that, it is going to kill their platform more than it's already been killed. Speaking of killed, I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, this one is not for the faint of heart. If you are, if, if you have a bit of a queasy stomach, happy trails. We'll see you next week. Three, two, one. Headline reads, pig organs partially revived in dead animals. Researchers are stunned. (laughs) First thing out of chat, more bacon. (laughs) Ah, that's what we need. We need scientists to reanimate the dead. We need to bring... We, we need more evidence, more scientific ways to make the zombie apocalypse real. Ah, excellent. Because, you know, having life turned upside down by an airborne virus that has roughly a 2% chance to kill people, that having that in society wasn't enough. Now, nah, we need to go full on. We need to go full on to go ahead and bring zombie pigmen to this world to end everything. Ah, yes. Excellent. Oh, man. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I have no other words for this story. Now, real talk. Real talk. All right. Real talk. This does bring very interesting implications for what is possible in medical science. This actually could lead to massive, massive advancements in what modern medicine can do in 10 to 15 years. Like the implications of this right now mean nothing. You're not going to see the end result of this experiment for 10 years minimum. And I do want to stress minimum. In the meantime, we're just going to go ahead and joke around in the interim about how zombie bacon brought about the end of the world as we know it. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast airing, well, not really daily anymore. It is Monday through Friday, five days a week, 
every single morning a, a shortened condensed little mini version of this two hour per, this two hour podcast you can find that anchor.fm slash early b-i-r-b briefing and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day Okay, so if we can resurrect and make zombie pigs and we begin to do this on people, is that how zombie pigmen come to be? And then they take over the earth. We then need to terraform it. Wait, is Minecraft actually a, a non-fiction game based in the future? My God, the world makes so much more sense all of a sudden.